Hey, it's Bill Simmons. I have some good news for you. The hottest take. It's back. Oh, yeah. Monday through Thursday, four times a week, you hear from me, Chris Ryan, Sean Fantasy, Mallory Rubin, Wazdeen Lambrey, Van Lathan, Julie Lippman, many other ringer staffers. You get one take, you got to defend it to the death. Sports takes, pop culture takes, food takes, airplane takes. Oh, yeah. It's coming back. First episode drops August 29th. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. Earn up to 3% daily cash back on every purchase, every day. Then grow it at 4.50% annual percentage yield when you open a savings account with Apple Card. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card subject to credit approval. Savings available to Apple Card owners subject to eligibility. Savings accounts provided by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Okay, Sean, top three movie snacks of all time, go. Um, all right, let me think. Uh, popcorn? Obviously. Hmm. Ice cream? That's two. Oh, and uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, of course. Peanut butter and chocolate is a pretty perfect combination. Some may even say the ultimate movie snack. You can't argue with that. Find Reese's now at a store near you. I'm Sean Fennessy, and this is The Big Picture, a conversation show about Sly Stallone. Stallone stars in the down and dirty superhero movie Samaritan, now streaming on Amazon Prime. So today we're building a Hall of Fame in honor of Stallone, and we're joined by a true, the one true Stallonologist, Bill Simmons. Hi, Bill. <laughs> is that what I am? <laughs> well, the new Amazon movie's bad, right? It's pretty bad, yeah. Uh, well, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of another Stallone movie. It reminded me of Judge Dredd, which was a his attempt to get into the superhero world in the 90s because it was sort of like ground level. It was very violent. It didn't have the same like winking quality that a lot of our modern superhero movies made because, you know, it's a Stallone movie. He can only do so much in that respect. I didn't think it was great though. I was a little disappointed by it. Judge Dredd was bad and it is not in my Hall of Fame. No, it's that's safe to say. I think it was clumsy. I think the, a good word for Stallone sometimes is clumsy. He clearly oversees his own career he looks at the big picture of it and he tries to zag and zig, but a lot of times it just doesn't work out. Yeah. Like he did that. Driven's a good example of that, where he does Driven with Burt Reynolds and it's like cars, hip, and, and it just it just failed. Or Get Carter was another one. I'm a little older now. I'm going to do like my, my sort of like cool crime movie. Just didn't work. But sometimes it does work. Yes. Sometimes we did Copland on the Rewatchables a few months ago. That was him making an effort to make a more prestigious ground-level crime movie and play a different kind of part, a little overweight, doing yeah. an accent, local in New Jersey. And he was great. And that movie's good. He hurt my feelings with that, though, where he was talking about how he was in a slump and he felt like he needed to uh, to get his mojo back, basically, and take a big swing. And I'm like, I ah, wouldn't call it a total slump. Like, I like Daylight. Yeah. I love Cliffhanger. Cliffhangers. Cliffhangers just for the rewatchables, just kind of have it in the closet, <laughs> just hanging out with the chocolates. I rewatched Cliffhanger. I was happy to rewatch Cliffhanger. Oh, it's, it's so good. Fantastic. It's probably the best movie he made in the 90s, and mm. like, depending on how you feel about Copland. But after um after Copland, I told you my theory during the Copland podcast, he put on all that weight. I think it like screwed up his face. And then he tried to recapture it. Like the, the thing I remember, I think that movie was called Driven, right? Him and Burt Reynolds. Yes. And they Kip both Pardue. Yeah, it was the Kip Pardue, this is his time. And it turns out it was not his time. It wasn't time. his time. Um, 
But the thing I remember about that is they both looked like they were wearing Halloween masks of their own faces, <laughs> Burt Reynolds and Sly Stallone. And they just seemed really old. And it just felt yeah. like their era was just officially over with that movie. But I think his ability to uh, resurface and Creed with that franchise, I think, was probably the most important thing. Because I split up his career into eras, which we can do whenever you want. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fun to talk about him in broad strokes first before we start digging into the movie by movie. Because he's had such an amazing career. You make an amazing point, which is that more so it seems like, at least as far as we can tell, he's been the author of of his own fate. He has written a lot of his own movies. He's clearly very involved in the rewriting of a lot of movies that he makes. He has a very hands-on approach to his career and to his individual projects. And bet on himself. Very much so. Over and over again, placed huge bets on himself. No bigger than the Rocky one, which, you know, ironically is why he's been in the news lately because he feels like he should own, you know, at least a piece of the Rocky franchise, maybe the whole thing. But he signed that away, and his bet was, if you make me the star of this movie, I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this. And he bet on himself, and he won. But then he was mad about it 40, 46 years later. It's very strange. It's such a fascinating case that he's trying to litigate in public right now. So Chardoff and Winkler, the producers of that film, own the rights to that franchise. He, of course, created the character. He was the star. He directed some of the films. He's had a hand in writing almost all of those movies. He is... Ultimately, there is no Rocky without Sylvester Stallone. However, but there's also the no world. Rocky without the people who made it because that's right. He was a nobody, and they didn't want to make it with them because they didn't think they would be able to sell the movie. So there was a trade-off that I think all these years later he kind of forgot about. You're right, but it also is indicative of the way that he moves through Hollywood, which is I deserve everything that I get, and I will work really hard for it. Yeah, and I will put all my creative energies into it. Sometimes it's not going to work, but when it works, I deserve all the spoils. And he's he's having one of those fights right now. I feel like he has one of these every five or so years, too, where he's sort of like, I need to replant my flag. I need to launch a new franchise. I need to bring a franchise back. He's very aware of the power of ongoing IP in a way that very few people before him were. You know, we hear that word all the time now because of Game of Thrones and Marvel and all these things. But Rocky and John Rambo... Yeah, he kind of. I mean, it's it's James Bond comes before him, but he really had an eye towards making these ongoing projects a long, long time ago. He's been very smart about that stuff. Yeah, I don't even know how intentional that was to get the basically three generations out of the same character, because initially it was a financial situation, right? Like they make Rocky Three because they're going to make a lot of money doing Rocky Three. I think Rocky Three is one of the top five movies of 1982. Same thing for First Blood, the Rambo First Blood Part Two. That was that felt like the biggest movie in 1985. 1985, I think, is definitively his apex mountain. He releases oh, yeah. Rambo: First Blood Part Two and Rocky Four, both of which made 300 million dollars internationally. And at that time, that was an amazing amount of mo- amount of money for movies. So he was 600 million dollars of worldwide box office that year. Also, really fun movies to see in the theater. I remember it was early HBO, and HBO used to do this thing where they would have theatrical releases premiering on HBO, but sometimes they wouldn't tell you what it was and they would like hint and they had this whole thing. And I, I, remember, I can't remember what, whether it was like New Year's Eve or it was like some sort of tied to some sort of day. And they were like, we have, we're not telling you what it is. And then eight o'clock that night and it starts and it's Rambo two. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> Rambo two, this is amazing. Cause there was, you know, barely blockbuster at that point, but that's how big he was. I mean, I, I remember being in high school, just seeing the Cobra trailer you know, when it was like nine months away from being completed and it was just like, we're there. I was talking to Shay about this because we did Tango and Cash for the rewatchables. 
that uh, is coincidentally running this week. And it was like, he was a season ticket guy for probably all the way through Copland. So that's 1978 through nine. He was a season ticket guy for me for 20 years. If he made a movie, I was going, I saw staying alive in the theater because he directed it. Was Rocky the entry point for you? Was that the yeah. first thing that you saw that you were like, I'm in, I, I want to be with this guy. And the impact of Rocky gets lost. I'm barely old enough to remember it. I was, I think I was seven, okay. but I saw it in the theater, was super confused after because if you actually, we, we've seen it a million times now, but it was hard to tell if he won or lost based on how the ending was filmed. Cause they're basically, they're, they're doing the announcing. It's like, there goes eight, seven, four Balboa. And then they show Creed, he's celebrating the second one, but then Adrian's trying to get in the ring and then she gets in the ring and they're hugging and kind of in the background, you're like, and still champion Apollo Creed. So we left. I was like, dad, did he win? Cause I, I was so conditioned to boxing, but then went home and immediately was like in the, in the living room, like boxing. <laughs> the soundtrack came out. The soundtrack was hugely important. Yep. Bill Conti, that one, yeah. uh, Saturday Night Fever, Grease. That was kind of the era where you consume the movie and then you consume the soundtrack. And it literally, I, I remember it. It started the jogging thing. I remember seeing people jogging after that movie. And Jim Fix was involved too. Obviously, he wrote the jogging book. But um, the whole conditioning and caring about yourself, I really feel like it, it was right around there when really mainstream normal people just started working out. He 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 was tremendously influential. That character was tremendously influential. It's a famous movie. It's a Best Picture winner. It's a movie that triumphed over a lot of other really good movies that year. You know, it's a it triumphed over All the President's Men and Network and a handful of other movies. It's, it's a, a bonkers movie year. Crazy movie year. It's probably the greatest underdog story we've ever had, right? Because you could say Damon and Affleck, but they, they won for Best Writing. Like Stallone <laughs> won for Best Picture. He was nominated. He felt like the... Probably one of the five biggest stars in the world after that movie came out. Yeah, one of only two acting nominations. And he's legitimately great as Rocky Balboa. It's not just, he was. you know, he he was doing something special. And it's interesting to look at his career before Rocky because he was on the come up. You know, he he was appearing in or making a bid to appear in quality movies, work with quality directors. He was having a hard time getting starring parts. And that's one of the reasons why he wrote Rocky and one of the reasons why he pushed so hard to stay as the star because who, who was it? it was Redford was was the studio wanted for that part there was another was it Ryan O'Neill there was a couple of guys I think Ryan O'Neill was the big one but yeah I think as the years pass we've learned with the rewatchables trying to suss out what's real and not real when a movie like that just every white actor in the relative age range gets thrown in like oh yeah he was up for it he was up for it I think Ryan O'Neill was the one though one because of my, he ended up doing the champ not the champ um, the main event the main two event, years yeah, later Barbara yeah. Streisand yeah um, the the thing that's interesting to me about him, and I want to ask you about this because you were paying clo close attention. Lo absolutely love the guy, like immediately. It seemed like in the late 70s after Rocky, he was trying to have a very, for, forgive, forgive lack of a better word, reputable film career. He was trying to work with good directors, mm. tell slightly more serious stories than when we think of Sylvester Stallone. This is pre-First Blood. This is pre Cobra movies like that, you know, these like pure action thrillers. But I would throw First Blood in there because I think that's a really good movie. It, it is a good yeah. movie based on a celebrated novel, really well made movie. But because of part two, yeah. it started to become more comic booky and more sort of like overtly violent. He became too famous. But from 76 to 82, yeah. you know, he's making Fist and he's making Nighthawks and he's making these movies that are like pretty gritty. Victory. 
escaped a victory. And yeah. like he's working with John Houston. He's working with Norman Jewison. I, it's funny the way that things turned out because it didn't, it seemed like he wanted a different kind of career for himself. Do you, does that make sense to you now? Well, so Rocky II happens. And Rocky II was a legitimate event during an era when we didn't really have sequels in that way. You know, like, I, like what were the sequels? Godfather Two. I don't even count. Like that, yeah, we, you know, like, it was part based off the book, but I guess that was a successful sequel. It's like if a we're Jaws be two, about right? it. It's like, or like a right. Poseidon Adventure 2 or something like that. Yeah, so you had all those airport movies and stuff like that, yeah. but we didn't have sequels in the same way as like Cash Cows. And Rocky Two is an event. I saw that. In Massachusetts with my friend Reese Genzer and the whole movie theater, we're all going nuts the last 25. Like, it was like a real fight. Like, can Rocky <laughs> win this? Um, and after that, it just felt like he could do anything. And that, you know, we had a lot of good actors back then. That was that was the heyday of Clint, heyday of Burt Reynolds. Newman and Redford are still huge. Nicholson can still make any movie he wants. De Niro and Pacino are coming. But Stallone still felt like he had this little corner. And I think he knew it. So, like... I think if it's 20 years later, he's probably in like a Fast and Furious type franchise, right? Mm -hmm. He probably audibles immediately that way. If it's like 10 years later, he's thinking like, what's my diehard? Right. But we didn't really think that way back then. They weren't, they didn't make nearly as many of the movies. So the choices are really interesting. I think Nighthawks is a cool movie. It is a cool movie. It's really weird and it's a little flawed. But um, there weren't, just weren't a lot of movies like that in the early 80s. Victory was a really big swing. He's probably one of the three worst things in it just because I don't I don't understand his character as much as I love Stallone I mean he's a goalie they have real famous world class soccer players yeah. Pele is in this film and Michael Caine is in this film yeah. he's, a little, he's a little outclassed yeah. but First Blood was to me like his biggest victory during that era because that's an awesome Vietnam movie and I think the sequels have obscured how good the original First Blood was is it do you t- buy the case that it's the worst thing that ever happened to him no, the worst thing that ever happened to him was Rocky Three. How so? Because Rocky Three was even bigger than Rocky Two, and that then you have to do Rocky Four. So now you're down the sequel thing, and you're just making a shitload of money. And now you're getting competitive, and you're trying to be the biggest star in the world, which he basically was. Yeah. And you start making decisions based on that, and that takes us through the '80s with him. He also legendary ego. I don't like when we did the co when. We did Cobra for the rewatchables, just the research of it. I didn't know half of the stories. Like people weren't allowed to look at him on the set. And, you know, he was like bulldozing directors. Tang on cash, the director got fired, with, mm-hmm. you know, two-thirds of the way through the movie. So he was just super famous during the cocaine era, the craziest time to be famous during movies. And I don't know, he came out of it all right. He didn't come out of it with a drug problem, had some weird relationships. But for the most part, I really liked the movies he made in the 80s. I even like over the top, Tango and Cash. Like I, I will defend all Lockup, which I think is like kind of the lost alone movie. I I've think never that seen one's that really one. good. That's one of the only ones I've never seen. Oh yeah, really good. Donald Sutherland, Evil Evil Warden. Okay, but uh, but yeah, he's all the way through the '80s. He's just crushing it, and then has this weird hiccup right after Tango and Cash, where all of a sudden he's in danger, and then the '90s were really up and down. Such an interesting career because it just seems like le- legitimately four different phases. You know, there's like, there's, I had five. five. Okay. Do you, do you, do you want to start breaking them? Well, let me ask you this as a performer. Yeah. What do you like? Cause with Rocky, it's obvious you, we love the story. It's an, it's inspiring. It's a really, it's a beautifully designed movie, right? It just gets some, one of the most involving movies of all time, even though it's a little slow these days. 
when you get it's to the really end of slow. it, you're like, he, holy shit, I feel the, feel something deeply. The Adrian seduction scene is really tough. That is creepy. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that one 46 years later has not, has not done awesome. So a couple things with Stone. He creates two iconic characters. Most people are lucky to create one, right? Vin Diesel created one. Dom Toretto. Is that Stallone, an iconic character? Yeah. Okay. They've had 10 <laughs> Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> the last one made like $2 billion. Um, Rocky and Rambo are actually like different characters. Mm -hmm, for sure. Which is, I think, pretty impressive to do. But then he also has some of the other, like the over-the-top guy is actually like closer to Copland, mm -hmm. right? The divorce Regular dad. Joe, truck Regular driver. Joe, he's, just driving, he's driving the truck. He's just doing doing arm curls as he's on the highway, just thinking about his uh, divorce and his <laughs> yeah, son. Normal. That's what you do when you <laughs> right, drive too. Totally. <laughs> that, was, that was my dad during his divorce. <laughs> um, Tango and Cash, he's trying to be funny Stallone. Cobra, he's trying to be like fucking absolute badass Stallone with the toothpick. But the self-parody thing, that's what him and Schwarzenegger, that was what set them apart. Nobody else had it. We're, we're laughing with them and at them, but more with them, but a little bit at them. And they kind of knew and they, they, they got, they were Did in on the know? joke, but they weren't. It's, it's the they most weren't, yeah, interesting it's, part of it. It's, but I feel like, cause even you watch Tango and Cash, it's very meta. Yeah. So he definitely understood it. But I also think those guys were like, I'm the biggest star in the world. Fuck everybody. You, I always wonder if guys like that, if, if they have one friend who is just like, hey. No, you can't. They're kind of, they're laughing famous. at you a little bit. No, you like, can't. Like, just a little bit. Like, not one friend, not no. one person who's like, hey, you know, I mean, Cobra, seriously? Like, what was up with that scene with the pizza? You know, like, there, there, there has to be But a, that's what makes Cobra so amazing. I, I agree. I agree. That whole scene, the five minutes when he's, <laughs> when he's outside of his apartment, and he's talking to those gangbangers <laughs> and he's like litigating. And then he's like, all he's worried about is his pizza. He goes in, he cuts it with scissors. Cleaning his gun while watching yeah, it's, the it's Toys R Us commercial. It's movie. It's bizarre. I feel like he, out of any actor, I feel like he fits in with the 80s the best. How just absolutely Looney Tunes the 80s were. And cocaine, I just feel like is lingering over every decision anybody made. But that same thing that you're describing, that like lack of self-awareness with self-awareness, I think is what, either elevates or destroys slash like makes his movies cult objects, especially in the 80s. Because in the 80s, yeah. he does make First Blood, which is great. You know, he, do, he does, I, I really like Rocky 3 and 4 a lot. I've always liked Rocky Rock, 3 and 4. Rocky 3 is one of the most um, incredible movies ever made. I mean, it's like The Godfather, Wizard of Oz, and Rocky 3. <laughs> that, that, that's it's way up there. That is, that is your true identity. Um, <laughs> Rocky 3 is incredible. But he, it's so satisfying from start to finish. There's not a minute wasted in Rocky 3. He but, really figured it out. But he also, within a year of Rocky Three, makes Rhinestone. You know what I mean? Like the the lows are so low. Stop or my mom will shoot and Oscar, which are three of the worst movies any famous star has made. Like Reynolds had a couple bad ones. Yeah, yeah, but not none as bad as those. With, like he made like Malone and uh, when he had that kind of Burt Reynolds dying off stretch. But my take, my thing with Reynolds is it always felt like he just wanted to work with his buddies. Yeah, and then, it's like so Adam Sandler. He, he would let stuff get away from him, and it's yeah. just like this one didn't work. It was a piece of shit. With Stallone, it felt like he was obsessively overmanaging his career. And you said it, the Zag thing, where with Oscar, he's like, "I'm going to do something they're never going to see coming." And there's a reason no one would ever see it coming. It's because it's a horrible idea, like a screwball comedy directed yeah. by John Landis, starring Sylvester Stallone, is is as stupid as it sounds, and it really doesn't work. So that's it, why that era was so great, though, because. 
nobody got talked out of decisions like that. <laughs> and Stallone had this real thing for 20 years that he was funny. Yes. And that you just, you don't understand how funny I am. The, the, this next movie, you're going to understand it. But the, any movie success he's had, there's some Rocky, there's some funny Rocky three, Rocky four, like scenes with Polly. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, nobody's coming to Stallone for humor. It's funny though, because now as he gets older, I think when, like when James Gunn uses him, like in Guardians of the Galaxy movies, or yeah. he was in the Suicide Squad as a giant shark. Like the idea there is there's something really funny about putting Sylvester Stallone in these movies because we've come all the way back around to, is this self-parody? Does he know the bit? But pure comedy never really worked. Did he, was he ever no. actually, because like Kindergarten Cop for Schwarzenegger. And twins. And twins. Legitimately yeah. funny. Yeah. You know, he really, he could do, he had comic timing. Stallone is something different. He's a really unique person. I can't really compare him to anybody else as I think about what his career was, the ebbs and flows. He was five foot seven, which I think is instructive. Mm -hmm. um, Little Napoleonic. Put up, put on a bunch of weight somewhere between First Blood and Rocky Four, right? Rocky Three, he's cut, but he's probably weighing like, I don't know, 170. But he's like just, you know, he has no body fat. But then he goes in that 85 range. And I don't know whether Schwarzenegger got in his head a little bit or what happened, but you see like Rambo part two. Rocky Four, like he's just absolutely ripped, like almost to an obscene way, and and I I, I do feel like he was competing with Arnold a little bit. I mean, the Terminator might have gotten his head like a tiny bit, and Arnold really does kind of overtake him after eighty five. There's no question. In eighty five, it is Stallone's year. He is at the absolute center of mainstream movie culture, and then yeah. as the Terminator movies come along, as Total Recall comes along, as that whole wave of of Schwarzenegger in the nineties comes along, it started with Running Man. It was the eighty seven where it started to kind of flip. They were neck and neck, but um, Schwarzenegger became a season ticket guy, probably 86, 87 range. And then nine straight years, if, if he made a movie, he went. There's no question. Stallone's reaction to hit what would be perceived as like losing power is really interesting. Because in some cases, he does stuff like Oscar, which doesn't work. But then he's like, I got to get my Die Hard. So I'll do Cliffhanger. And it works. And it's 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 a hit. It's not a Rambo-sized hit, but it's a pretty big hit. And it's still a really well-liked movie. So his radar is, like, really funky. Sometimes he knows exactly what to do. Like, he created The Expendables. He found yeah. a way to revive himself, whether we like those movies or not. Every 10 years, he's I like, I got a new idea. I got, I got I know a way to get back in the culture. Even now, I feel like a little of this Rocky stuff is like, hey, don't forget, I'm Sylvester Stallone. It doesn't matter how old I am. I'm Sylvester Stallone. He also got really helped by the uh, the rewatchability of his movies and all the marathons, especially. Yeah. The movies were just on all the time, is the, especially the Rocky. And I think the Rocky just kept moving into new generations. So that kept like buying him time. But there was a weird, so I had the stretches, basically everything until 81, like the Stallone coming on the scene and becoming a major star. And then 82 for me, 82 to 87, he almost flies too close to the sun. Mm-hmm. And which can be good in some ways and bad in some other ways. 88 to 97 is him just trying to reclaim the throne. And it's all over the map. But you get lock up and you get Tango and Cash in the same year. You get Oscar. Stop my mom, I'll shoot. You get the cliffhanger, come back. Then he start, rips off. He does assassins and it's going to be like, oh, him and Sharon Stone together. And their sex scene is one of the weirdest sex scenes of probably any specialist. 90s. Yeah. A specialist, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Then the assassins do the right. Yeah. Specialists and assassins, Judge Dredd, Demolition Man. And he's just cranking them out because he's trying to catch up with, uh, with, Arnold. with Arnold. 
Daylight, I thought was good. I, I'm actually in on I Daylight. Like I think it's solid. Um, I wanted everyone else to die in the movie other than him and Amy Brenneman. <laughs> everyone else is the most annoying people. You, you, you actually don't want him to save them. They're, yeah, yeah. they're mad at him the whole time. It's, it's like, got the people on the bus and speed energy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. kind of on steroids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like this dude's trying to save you. Why are you being so shitty to him? And then Copland and then it's over. And then from basically 98 to 2013, he's just trying to stay relevant. Like even you think about The Contender, which was the boxing reality series they had which, with right. him at the forefront. And it was like Stallone moves into reality. Then he does- Was the it him Ra and Sugar Ray? Is that who we're Yeah, him yeah. and Sugar Ray. Then he did the Rocky Balboa comeback movie, which was just ludicrous. Um, watchable. I, I remember that movie being pretty critically acclaimed. And I remember reading your column about it. I was too hard on it. Yeah. yeah. I was too hard on it. I just thought he was too old. Um, but I think people just were so happy to have the character back. But, Especially after Rocky Five. But then Creed, I think Creed reinvented him in a lot of ways. And also, it brought him into black culture in a way that I think was, he'd really never come close to that. Yeah. I can't think of any other movie other than the Apollo Creed character. Yeah, he doesn't have a, a Scarface or an Untouchables or anything like that in his career. No. Um, it's funny, 06 Rocky Balboa, 08 Rambo, 2010 The Expendables. Those are three in a row. All reasonable to big successes and all like working very hard to say, don't forget, I'm the guy who does this, or I'm the guy who does this, or I can still make yep. this. The Expendable seems to be a reaction to this like team up movie culture. You know that movie was famed for having like brought together a lot of action heroes from different generations. Um, I was I wasn't a huge fan. I, I know either. you weren't either. It, it always felt a little like a low rent franchise to me. You know, it didn't seem like fully baked. His move, if I was in charge of his career, I would have gotten him into the Fast and Furious franchise in the Kurt Russell role. Mm -hmm. I think he needed to be a secondary piece in a giant movie like that or like the Avengers franchise, something where he's in it. He's not the main guy, but he's feels relevant. Yeah. He never wants to take with the exception of what he does in the Creed movies. He doesn't really want to do the mentor thing. He wants to be the no. guy. He still wants to be the guy. He still makes these movies like Backtrace and Reach Me. And he's made this, he's kind of gotten into like VOD territory with some of his movies in the last 10 years, but he's the number one face on the poster. You know what yeah. I mean? He's not, he's like, I'm not going to be Michael Caine. I'm not going to be the eighth lead in your prestige drama. He never works that way. He's not interested. You just gave me Bruce Willis. I'm still dealing with the Bruce Willis. It's brutal. You go to Hulu and there's just these new movies and it's got the three people and the five people and there's like Bruce on the side. And it's just like, can we, can we take Bruce off the posters? Yeah. Like, this is awful. Yeah. It's like Michael Jai White. Yeah. Rene Russo's daughter. Thomas Jane. <laughs> Thomas Jane and Bruce Willis. And, there's and Bruce, Sylvester and Stallone. Kinda, Bruce is kind of looking at him <laughs> yeah, the camera. He's wearing a space helmet. It's, it's terrible. It's brutal. It's awful. But, so Stallone, that that didn't happen to him. I think Creed Three, he was supposed to die was the big rumor. And he threw his body in front of it. And, you know, he smartly doesn't want to kill Rocky Balboa because you're kind of killing Stallone at that point. Yep. Yep. It is It is his legacy for sure. Creed Three coming out next year, but uh, he's not. he's not. he's not featured in the film. I don't even know if he's in it. I yeah, mean, the word in the street was that he's not in it, and that's part of why he's battling with these dudes now. But I, I'm also not sure we needed a Creed three. We're gonna find out coming out in 2023. Um, we didn't mention Rocky Five, which was when it really turned. I know it's a. I know that hurt you personally. Yeah, I think it hurt all the Stallone fans because it was right during this daylight. I mean, not daylight. Uh, Tango and Cash and Lockup, and the Rocky Five was the next year. And when that one didn't work, that was that was like the sports team missing the playoffs that had like when the Pats lost that week 17 game to Miami 
and Ryan Fitzpatrick. And it's like, wait, we're not going to win the division. And you could just feel the Grim Reaper coming. That was Rocky Five. A little bit of where the Red Sox might be right now. Well, yeah, the Red Sox are. Are the Red Sox the in Mookie Betts trade? Was that for the Red Sox? Rocky Five, Oscar Stopper, my mom will shoot territory for them right now. Is this yes, their era? They are. It's, it's pretty brutal. There's no, so are the Patriots, ironically. Thank God. Yeah. Um, yeah, you finally got your wish. Well, the Jets still suck, so I'm not sure that I did. But I, his career is one of one, as you would say. Well, the other piece was the Brigitte Nielsen thing. We didn't even talk about that. Mm-hmm. Like when. So he goes off the rails in two ways. One, he directs the the Saturday Night Fever sequel that he puts himself in for a split second, which I think is like one of the five best best ego moves of the 80s. He's wearing like a fur coat. It's like, what's happening? He's listed as man on street. Yeah, Yeah. his brother is doing the songs and it's just like, he's lost his mind after 1982. He's, again, he flew too close to the sun. Yep. And then the other one was Brigitte Nielsen who he just fell in love with, this six foot two Danish lady, and he just puts her in his next two films. He just shoehorns her in. Now, other people did this, right? Clint Eastwood with Sandra Locke, who I always thought was a solid C minus, maybe a D plus. I liked her actually, but- Clint was just putting her in for 20 years, was in his movies. (laughs) Yep. Um, So it's not like Sly was the only one, but this was pretty alarming. I would say she um, doesn't fit into Cobra. Like in Cobra, no. you're like, why is this woman in this movie? Wearing a bad wig. Yeah. Ironically, her best movie was Cop 2, which was, yeah. you know, supposed to originally be a Stallone movie. And then That's right. like, that was the only time anyone ever used her correctly. I mean, look, I love her as Ludmilla Drago. She was hilarious, but per- I think unintentionally that, hilarious. But yeah. like that she fit that that part in a way. I that's another you raise an interesting thing about him too, which is that he's got a lot of near misses, all his like Casting what if sliding door stuff like could have been the star of Romancing the Stone, could have been the star of Beverly Hills Cop. He was almost in a bunch of other great franchises yeah. and had a lot of other opportunities and then missed out on those for whatever reason. I think Beverly Hills Cop was the big one because he had Rambo, who was the war guy. He had Rocky, who was the sports movie guy. And then he didn't have the cop. Right. And right. he's just searching for the cop in the 80s because he didn't get Beverly Hills Cop. It blows up. It becomes a big one. Right. So then- that's how you end up with Cobra. That's how you end up with Tango and Cash. And he, and then even Copeland. He just can't get it. But really, like, they, this is one of my things I said in the Tango and Cash pod. I, they should have made, like, five Tango and Cashes. Him yeah. and Kurt Russell are great together. That could have just kept going. The first one, it was really disjointed and whatever. But I actually think that could have been his buddy cop. Was that thing. movie a big hit? Yeah. It made, Did, like, $125 million. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, it, it's, a, it's a great career. You want to build the Hall of Fame? Yeah, let's do it. So we've never done one of these together. So usually what we do is we go through every single film on an actor's filmography, and we either say yay or nay. If, you're not, if we're not sure, we'll use the red, yellow, green. So green is automatically in, no matter yeah. what. Yellow is maybe, we think probably not, but we could potentially make it green, and red is absolutely not. So, so I, had, I had eight greens and five yellows. But we could go through it. Well, let's let's debate. And you a had bit. more yellows than that, I think. You are no doubt more of an expert than I am on Stallone, which is why you're here. But let's let's. So you know, famously, he he got his start in a soft core movie. Yeah, we're not. I didn't. That one didn't make my the Italian the, stallion. The, they the, renamed they it. They renamed it. It was originally the party at Kitty and Studs. He was the titular stud. Recast or renamed the Italian stallion after he became famous. This is obviously not in the Hall of Fame. 
As much as I love Stallone, I did not go out of my way to uh, watch his performance in that movie. Uh, is that movie findable? I'm not sure. I think it's on the internets. So one thing that's really funny about him in this time is he's really trying hard to get into Hollywood. So he has a bunch of movies in which he's basically barely acknowledged. He's more or less a glorified extra in M.A.S.H., in Woody Allen's Bananas, in Clute, and in The Prisoner of Second Avenue. All of those films, he's basically like a stand-in. Um, he's in No Place to Hide in 1973, which I have not seen. Have you seen that one? Don't know that one. So there's no way that's going. He's in a couple, like, Kojak, Police Story, a couple TV. Those were, like, really big TV stuff. Yes. Yeah. He's in The Lords of Flatbush in 74, which I think is the first kind of big-ish movie that he's in. Yeah. It's an okay greaser movie. It's kind of like a like a Happy Days prequel in a way. You know, Harry Winkler's in this movie wearing a leather jacket, looking like the Fonz. My mom loved this movie growing up. For whatever reason, I guess she loved the Fonz. Um, Not going in the Hall of Fame, I don't think. Even though it's kind of important to his career because he gets a starring-ish role. No way. He plays Frank Nitti in Capone from 1975. Okay movie. Not a Hall of Famer. Who was Capone in that movie? Wasn't... Uh, I don't... I know I saw it a million years... Oh, Ben Gazzara. Ben Gazzara. Okay. Um, Not a classic. I watched Death Death Race 2000 for the first time this past weekend. He has a supporting part in this movie. This is a Roger Corman movie from 75 that's a huge ripoff of Rollerball. Yeah. It's like Rollerball meets It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. I thought it was pretty fun. Yeah? Um, yeah. It was on Tubi. Tubi is incredible. There's like 18 stolen movies on Tubi. I don't watch Rollerball ripoffs, so I have not seen okay. Death Race. Fair enough. Um, that's not going in the Hall of Fame either. And then 76. Wait a second. So you watch Death Race 2000, which he has a supporting role in, but not Lockup? I couldn't Which find has lock one up. of the great football scenes of all time? I didn't want to pay for anything. Interesting. Okay. You know, I was like, do I want to spend five bucks on Lockup or can I just watch Death Race 2000? Also, Death Race 2000 is like an hour and 20 minutes. Lockup's good. Okay. I'm going to watch it after yeah. this. Yeah. Lockup's like, I, I recommend it. There's a football scene in it that is in the running for probably top five best sports extended scenes that isn't in a sports movie. Why does this movie have no reputation? Because people got burned out on Stallone, man. It happens. Yeah. We see this. We see this happen over and over again with our most famous actors. They got, they have like this five to eight year window and it happened to Schwarzenegger. It happened to him. And you know, by the time Eraser came out, people were just, they were good with Schwarzenegger. They'd spent the movies to see him eight, nine, 10 times. Got to do an Arnold. One of these at some point. Arnold, interestingly, has completely, more or less stopped making movies. He's made a couple in the last five years, but obviously he had his gubernatorial era and he's had some controversies, but he doesn't make movies the same way that Stallone does. Like Stallone really, he stuck it out. He's he's never well, really they stopped. made one together. I didn't mind Escape Plan. I thought it was okay. Did you know that there were three Escape Plan movies? I did not. I I, I mean, I know that. I've only seen the first one. That's really weird that he yeah. also turned that into a, a franchise, but anyway, yeah. he, he persists. I'm going to watch Lockup. Okay, let's go. 76 is Rocky. Of course, Rocky. So that's our first one. Automatic Green, right? Yep. Yeah. Can we talk about Fist for a second? Yeah, it's not on my list. Okay, so I think it's pretty good. Yeah, but is it yellow? There's a case to be made that it is among the, his 10 best performances. Interesting. He's basically playing Jimmy Hoffa. He's playing a union organizer and leader. <laughs> that's 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 why I haven't seen the movie probably since the late 70s. I mean, it's a... It was Slash Stallone as Jimmy Hoffa. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. He's not exactly Jimmy Hoffa, but he's a guy who essentially like unionizes truckers and teamsters and mm. the movie follows him across his whole life. Like by the end of the movie, he's in like old man makeup and has gray hair. It's like a real 
like not quite cradle to grave, but it's a Norman Jewison drama about a union leader. It's a pretty good I movie. I might revisit it. Joe, Hes- Joe Esterhaus was one of the writers. It's, so it's Joe Esterhaus's first script. Yeah. Stallone rewrote the movie. Stallone said the script was 400 pages that was basically written the way that a book was written because Joe Esterhaus did not know how to write scripts. But he said the story that he wrote was great. It's Melinda Dillon. It's Tony Lobianco. I was going to say, my girl Melinda Dillon's in this. It's, it's a pretty good, it's like a real Hollywood movie. It's his first movie after Rocky. Does not have a big reputation. I saw it a long time ago because I was curious about it. Anyway, I just want to put it out there as like a, hey, this is why I was saying, was his career maybe a little different than it could have been if not for Rambo? Yeah, I think the Fist, Paradise Alley, Nighthawks threesome, I think has been just lost in Stone history. Yeah. It's kind of unique. Those movies are also super old. Yeah, Paradise Alley, I think is a little less successful. This was, it's like a pro wrestling movie, Paradise Alley, but it's a little bit, a little like schlockier, a little goofier. It's not good. It's not very good. I don't think that's going in. He plays Cosmo Carboni. <laughs> They were like, how do we make give this guy the most Italian Cosmo name possible? Carboni. It was like, Mario Carboni? No. You're Mario's just... <laughs> not Italian enough. How about Cosmo? He does this a handful. I mean, you've already seen Rocky Balboa, so he does this over and over again. He also wrote and directed Paradise Alley. That's the other thing is, early on, he was like, I'm in charge. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Paradise Alley's no good. Rocky, too. So, I mean, spoiler alert, I think one, three, and four all have to be on. And... I couldn't figure out two because then there's four. I only have six spots left. This is why this is a fun Hall of Fame. I know. I, I think it ends up making it for the last 30 minutes. The last 30 minutes of Rocky Two are arguably the best 30 People minutes of the whole franchise. People are crying in the movie theater. Yeah, it's it's amazing. The first hour and a half of Rocky Two. I've made this joke before, but when Adrian goes in a coma, it <laughs> mirrors what happens to the audience for about 15 minutes. It is the longest, most excruciating coma scene. It doesn't end. He goes to church. He comes back. He starts to learn how to read. Long <laughs> scenes of Rocky reading next to her. <laughs> then he's in church again. Mickey's coming with his hat. And it's just, it. it oh my God, it's so long. Um, but then the last, the moment Mickey goes, what are we waiting for? <laughs> then it's just off. It's just, it's an amazing last 25 minutes. So I think it has to be on. Audiences agreed. This movie is massive hit. Yeah. And like you said, it, it, Pretty much changed his career. The fact that he did this and then went on to do, I guess, seven more Rocky movies after this. They also redid the Rocky theme in a way that I actually kind of like more than the original Rocky theme. Mm, where it's like the piano. It's a remix. Yeah, it's good. Um, and he directed this one. Yeah. It's got to go in. I have the first four Rockies I think have to be in. So basically we have six spots left. Nighthawks is probably not going in, but I do want to say Rutger Hauer's um, U.S. film debut is not Blade Runner. It's Nighthawks. And people need to recognize that. Rutger Hauer is really good in Nighthawks. Stallone is actually not very good and is, has a really weird beard in this movie. But an iconic beard that then he brings back for Rocky IV. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> His facial hair grows in an odd way. I don't mind Stallone in this movie. My issue was uh, I didn't think Billy D. Williams was very good. He's not. This is kind of there's the this, end of his run, too. Yeah, there's this three-year window where people thought Billy D. Williams was like Denzel, and he just wasn't no. wasn't a very good actor. But I don't... I was trying to think of other people that could have been in that spot instead of him. Like, it would, like if you put 1989 Denzel in that movie, Nighthawks is a totally different animal. They're like, we're taking that. But they, they didn't have the perfect person to put in with him there. Morgan Freeman? He wasn't a thing yet. I don't, you yeah. couldn't have put him on the poster, right? Yeah. I mean, no. it speaks more to like how crappy Hollywood was at the time with uh, 
diversity, but Billy Dee Williams would just get these parts and he he was fine. But, you know, really Colt 45 was the peak of Billy Dee Williams. Well, Lando Calrissian. I mean, come well, on. But I, I mean, I know for like, I know you don't acknowledge beyond Star Wars. Wars but. No, I, I get it. Um, he's great. By the way, I loved him in Star Wars, but he never was able to recapture it. He's really good in Bigel Long's Traveling All Stars. That's probably yeah. my other favorite Billy Dee movie. He's some, is he in Lady Sings the Blues? Yeah. He's, he's in a couple of good movies. But it's over by 80. Yeah. 81 range. He never made it happen. Um, Night by Hawks? the way, you, me- you mentioned uh, Nighthawks. Sly plays Deke DeSalva in this, <laughs> coming off of uh, Cosmo Carboni. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we haven't gotten to Cobretti yet, but I mean, he does yeah. this over and over. He again. loves he the loves names. loves the Italian surname. He loves the names. I really like Nighthawks. I know it's flawed. I know it's not great, but I think it's an unusually early 80s movie. I like the idea of a cop being responsible for finding a terrorist. That's like not how yeah. we would tell a terrorist right. story. Right, a street now. cop. You know, like a guy who's like just on the force in the yeah. precinct is like needs to track down this. It was What is he, a, a Danish terrorist? That's absurd. And he's thrown 100 miles an hour record hour. He's That's awesome. like, he's the best part of the movie. He's awesome. 81's got a lot of weird movies like that. It's got Altered States. It's mm-hmm. got Eyewitness. It's, none of them did that well, but all of them are cool and have have really famous or soon-to-be-famous actors in cool roles. It's The Last Stand. It's all the movies that got greenlit before the new Hollywood basically got his head chopped yeah. off. Yeah. it's it's I, I like Nighthawks. Um, so, Victory— I like it. It doesn't make it, though, for me. For Nighthawks. Yeah, I agree. It's not in. Um, Victory, a.k.a. Escape to Victory. Now, longtime favorite of yours. I definitely became aware of this movie because of you writing about it. Um, I, I don't think it's very good, despite all of the component parts being really cool. Yeah, you and Chris did a rewatchables about it years ago. Maybe I mean, it's ago. it's it's the best best soccer movie ever filmed. Okay, the soccer scenes. It actually might be the best sports extended sports sequence ever filmed. Okay, and they filmed it widescreen. John Huston really cared about soccer. He used all real players, and the sequences having Pele in there. It's actually kind of amazing, but everything leading up to it is slow. And Stallone's character is bizarre. So I have it as a yellow. Okay. Let's leave it as a yellow for now. Yeah. Rocky three. You said this is already automatically going in. Yeah. I think this is, I think 82 is the the peak of Stallone's career because both of those movies are awesome. So Rocky three and First Blood. Yeah. Both have to go in and are both good. First Blood's the best movie ever made. It's either that or Creed for me. Rocky, I'm talking about like watching them now. Are oh, you saying Rocky Three is the is the best one? No, I'm saying First Blood and Creed are the best movies that he ever made. Just for like right now, if you're rewatching them, I think oh, if I people see. watch Rocky now, they'd be like, "Man, whew, this yeah. is slow." Okay, but I think First Blood. I can't believe how well that holds up. That movie's 40 years old. That movie's amazing. I like and, it a lot. Uh, and I think Creed's really good. I think Creed's really grown on me. I loved it when it came out, and I think it's really stood the test of time as like a Hall of Fame, awesome sports movie. And he's great in it. The thing that's unusual about First Blood is so much of the movie is basically like a silent film. It's basically just him hiding, trying to avoid capture from Brian Dennehy and and the cops. And it's like a real survivalist movie. It's not, it's just not the movie that people think it is. It's not the movie that is like him holding a giant machine gun and shooting it at a thousand terrorists. Like that's not really what that story is about. And he's got the speech at the end, which is probably the best acting he's done. It's got to be in the running. But yeah, it's a Vietnam just like movie. like being forgotten. And, yeah, 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 yeah. And coming back in the airport and he does the whole thing. Like, it's just excellent. 
Um, it's the tail end of this Vietnam, the first wave of the Vietnam movies, and then we kind of start shifting into the missing in action Rambo two mm-hmm. wave. So it's it's the bridge movie to those. Yeah. Um, but I I think that movie actually has something to say, and the first twenty five minutes are just out of control how good it is from the moment Brian Dennehy starts fucking with him to when he finally gets in the mat and he and he basically takes out the guys one by one Caruso and all those guys like it's just you no movie in the early 80s moved like that mm. it moves like a movie now but pe- movies didn't move like that in 1982 I wonder how much of a hand he had in those kinds of decisions you know like was he pushing the pace yeah, I don't know. It's interesting because he has he has flexes so much power throughout the production of his movies. Okay, so Rocky Three and First Blood are both obviously in. So we've already got four that are in, and we're only in 1983. Yeah, Staying Alive, as you said, director, writer, producer, the sequel, the completely unnecessary sequel to Saturday Night Fever. Um, I don't mind that they tried it though. I think it's cool that this is it just was a bad he, idea. I think him saying, "I want to be a great filmmaker," in addition to being a great movie star is a one of the things that differentiates him and makes him basically unlike anybody other than like, I mean, Robert Redford, there's a very short list. Yeah. Clint Eastwood, you know, we talked about this with Unforgiven. There's not a lot of guys who are like, I do it all. You know, yeah. Burt Reynolds didn't really do it all. He's needed the Hal Needhams of the world. It's just that Staying Alive is really bad. It's like kind of unwatchably bad and yeah. not even really that funny anymore. No, it's still funny. Is it? Yeah. It's still funny. You know when something like crosses over though from being like laughable to like it's just sad that this exists now? The opening credits are still hilarious. Okay. <laughs> um, it's it's hard red. It's not going in. No way. Rhinestone also not going in. This is the no. movie that he took on and passed on Romancing the Stone to make this movie. He says when he signed on, Mike Nichols was supposed to be the director. Don't remember reading that in the Mike Nichols book. I don't either. Yeah. This is a, a quasi-musical starring Dolly Parton. He loves Dolly. Had a great time with Dolly. He, but this is the thing. You People did this back then. They they really tried to zag super hard. And I kind of miss those days. Yeah. I don't feel like anybody does that anymore. No, no actor. Well, first of all, we don't have actors anymore that are as famous as the ones we had in the 80s. But That's true. It's like if Chris Evans zagged, nobody would care. I was bringing up Chris Evans as my stereotypical, like, whatever did it. Ryan Reynolds. Like Ryan Reynolds or Zach, nobody really cares. But Sly was like, Sly's going to be in a movie with Dolly Parton and he's going to sing country music. Like it like blew your mind. It would seem like such a big gamble. Even just the way that those two people look, Sylvester Stallone and Dolly Parton on a poster. Yeah. I mean, you just used, cited two examples of two actors, two actors that, you know, I, I, I like well enough, but Ryan Reynolds and Chris Evans basically look the same. They have the same haircut. Yeah. They have the same height. They have the same build. They have the same sense of humor, same comic persona in movies. They're kind of the same. Nobody looked like Sly or Dolly. Nobody ever looked like those two people. And that's one thing that is different too. One of my hottest takes ever is that Rhinestone is not bad. Okay. Like Staying Alive is bad. Rhinestone's not bad. So directed by uh, Bob Clark, who directed Black Christmas, Porky's, and The Christmas Story. Yeah. Pretty legendary Canadian filmmaker. I I definitely saw this in the 90s and never thought about it again. I don't know. know. It's been a long time. Dolly's good in it. Dolly had this run where... Like, I mean, in 9 to 5, she was a, a comet. Yep. But I actually think her movie career should have been bigger. Best Little Whorehouse in Texas is right around this time. Rhinestone and 9 to 5. That's kind of like her big 80s set of Yeah, movies. but there was more. There should have been a rom-com with her. Like, they, they didn't know what to do with her. It's true. You know? She's like one of those uh, centers who could shoot threes in the 90s. People are like, what is this? Yeah, she was the uh, 
<laughs> Arvidas Sabonis. No, no. I don't know. <laughs> Who was the Pacers center? Uh, oh, Rick, Rick Smith. Rick yeah. Smith. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's like, Rick Smith's like seven four, and he plays facing the basket. Um, Rambo First Blood Part Two, 1985. Yeah. I mean, this is. I, this is probably the biggest movie he ever made, right? I think so. This and Rocky Four are the two highest grossing films. Yeah. So I feel like those are both going in as well. There is just no way you weren't seeing either of those in the theater in 1985. Like, unless you were handcuffed to the radiator or something, you were going. Should we have set some parameters where we could only do a certain number of movies from franchises? Well, that's why I was thinking I had Rocky Two on the fence just because if we wanted to say three or four. So we have seven now? I think, I think if we, that's okay, If though. we include Rocky Four, we have two, four, six already in. in right. nine, and we're in 1986. That's fine. We're fine. Now, Cobra. You've already done it on the rewatchables. Yeah. It's an unintentional comedy classic. It can't be in the Hall of Fame, but it, it belongs to our hearts. Okay. I have it as a yellow. My favorite part of this movie, it's definitively yellow teetering on red. But my favorite part of this movie is the, like, the antagonists yeah. who are like in a death cult. Yeah. About starting like a new society. Yes. Which is one of the like truly craziest setups for a quote unquote mainstream movie. Now this movie is produced by Canon, the kind of famed schlock house, kind of low budget, high budget movie studio. We've never really seen a movie studio like this ever again where they were sort of like simultaneously working with top tier talent but making really, really like dingy seeming movies. This one it might be like, it might be their pinnacle. It might be the canon pinnacle. It's about a cult that doesn't have a mission. Yeah. They just kind of want to be scary and go around and kill people, kill people, but there's no end game. <laughs> and like the leadership is a little yeah. confusing. It, it's a really odd movie. Um, when I we like did it. the rewatchables about it, it made more sense because they said they basically just cut out like 25 minutes. They, Stallone got really scared about Top Gun. And they wanted to put it in as many theaters as possible. I think it came out like a week or two after Top Gun. Oh. And then the last minute, they chopped 20 minutes so that they could have more theatrical windows. And it makes sense because the movie's incoherent. It's also, it's like an hour and 25 minutes and it feels like 20 minutes too long. Like, it's yeah. one of those movies. Well, think <laughs> about the two-hour version, which, by the way, I would watch. Um, over the top. This is a sentimental favorite. I had it as a yellow. I think it's a it's a weirdly important Stallone movie. Yep. Um, Willing to be, to be debated for uh, the for the top spot. It's Gro so strange. Growing up in New York, this movie was playing on WPIX like every other Sunday. It was on all the time. So I, get, I, I liked it. People ask me when it's going to be on the rewatchables. I, I think it really had a long legs because it's like a family movie. It's like weirdly the only family movie that I think he's made. I was going to say, I think if you saw it as a kid, you've got a place in your heart for it because the, the, the arm wrestling sequences... They have a little bit of the Rocky magic. They well, have this, a little bit of that, like you're oh, pumped yeah. up, but you know, you're rooting along with him. Lincoln Hawk. Yeah. The, uh, it's early forerunner to the gambling culture. I mm -hmm. think there's you, a lot of seeds there. The Sammy Hagar song was a thing. Winner takes it all <laughs> was like a massive song. Yeah, yeah. It was really important. The video was great. And the, the 11 year old kid figuring out how to get himself to Vegas remains one of the great achievements by a little kid in a movie. <laughs> He's, he somehow, he drive, drives a car, he's 11, to the airport, gets out, buys a ticket, lands, knows where to go. Incredible. So I, I mentioned Canon. This is also a Canon movie. This is a movie that is directed by one of the co-founders and co-leaders of Canon, Menachem Golem. Mm. And it is um, not well-directed, is what I'll say. 
It's not. And I, I, there's some people from the 80s that you don't know if they were real people or not. And Menachem, Menachem Golan is one of those that he, that person may have not existed. Um, he, he did. He was a wild Mustafa character. Mustafa Akkad was another one. I was like, no idea <laughs> yeah. if that was a real person. The, the producer of Halloween. Yeah. yeah. No idea if that was a real person or it was a character this mafia syndicate created <laughs> pretending that it was a movie producer. I don't know. I think we would have been in a worse place as a movie culture without those guys. We need those guys. Oh, yeah. We need these guys to come in from foreign lands and to provide money yeah. and crazy ideas They knew for what Hollywood. they wanted. They either wanted horror or action. They wanted big stars and they had a lot of money to spend. Loved it. Yeah, it's they didn't of- care about the art. This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. If you want to save money this year, I have a simple, surefire way to do it. Switch to Mint Mobile. For a limited time, their wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. That's unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer, go to mintmobile.com slash bigpick. That's mintmobile.com slash bigpick. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This episode is brought to you by Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig inspires people of all ages to jump through life and its muddy puddles with enthusiasm. The relatable stories, oinks, and giggles have made her preschooler's first best friend, helping them navigate everyday life with unabashed exuberance. And now you can discover new playtime adventures with your little ones. Jump into spring and hunt for muddy puddles in Peppa's caravan playset. Hit the road for endless adventures and have heaps of fun with Peppa's whole family. Oinks and giggles are guaranteed. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence since 2004. Peppa Pig is a trademark of Hasbro, created by Mark Baker and Neville Astley. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? Would I try to squeeze in an extra movie? Maybe try to read a book? The best way to squeeze that special thing in your schedule is to know what's important to you so that you can make it a priority. And therapy can help you figure that out. A therapist can guide you through the process of defining your values and understanding your priorities so you know what things you can spend your time on that will really fulfill you. Otherwise, you'll always be wishing for more time. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn how to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Big Picture today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash big picture rambo 3 no. comes after over the top no um this isn't and rambo 3 is bad we did you mentioned rocky 4 we we threw in right we, don't we did about we that. did okay yeah rock, i mean rocky 4 and it ended the cold war you kind of skipped uh, past it i apologize um incredible yeah. one of the great villains of all time in drago uh okay so lockup rambo 3 was really uh disappointing it was it's bad but not in disappointing like rocky 5 but it just we didn't really have a true enemy at that point was the real issue with it. We were kind of between enemies, but Stallone wanted to make it another Rambo. And like three years later, it makes more sense. Three years earlier, it makes more sense. But 88 was not the time. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a movie like out of time in a lot of ways too. Like it doesn't, there's nothing that he accomplishes in two. Like there was no unfinished business. You know, we weren't like, we need to go back. Like he did it. You know, he settled the score. Um, it would have been more interesting if he like was ran for political office in Rambo Three, and you know, it, it just did a complete turn and was trying to become like a civilian, and then got dragged back anyway. There was, I think, they could have gone even harder in the other direction, which is to say, like made him like even more crazy and even more like disillusioned, and like made him into like almost like a villainous figure. 
But they, oh, yeah. they didn't they didn't really do that either. Like obviously he's pitched as a villain in the first film, but in yeah. fact he's you know more the victim. But anyway. What um, was the plot of Rambo three? Oh, it was oh his that's right. Troutman got got uh captured by the formidable invading Soviet forces in Afghanistan. Yeah, they done Soviet Union is like crumbling at yeah. that point. Troutman is Richard Krenna? Yeah. Yeah. Movie uh, made no sense. Um lockup. You're you're not putting it in, are you? I did have it as a yellow. Okay. Yeah. Just I like because it has up. an incredible sports sequence. And... No, lockup's good. Okay. But I just don't think it's got the cachet as some of the other ones. But come back when we do uh the prison movie hall of fame. Oh yeah. Because that could be there I mean, could be some rich text there. Preaching the choir on that one. I've seen every prison movie. Uh, I wanted them to have a have a movie channel called Bars with a Z, B A R Z. It's just all prison movies. It's a really good idea. It's a really I, good idea. Yeah, I would flick over to bars every day. It should at least be in Pluto. Where are you at on Brubaker? Oh, come on. Great, great. Stop One it. of the best premises of a movie Jesus. ever. I love that. The Jericho Mile is like my probably third favorite Michael Mann movie. It's pretty great. Yeah. I um, love I love Oz. I love all prison, anything. Not Green Mile, no, though. It's too long. Darabont was just feeling it. He was on a on an absolute bender of a heat check. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I made Shawshank. Green Mile's gonna be three hours. It should not have been. Yeah. Um, you just did Tango and Cash on the Rewatchables. This is I, another one that people have wanted for a long time. Um It's a, it's an absolute hard yellow and in discussion <laughs> for whatever okay. the higher group is. Huge fan of this one. Yeah. Um HBO classic for me growing up. Yellow for Tango and Cash. Rocky The five. problem with Tango and Cash is Russell is better than Sly in the movie. I mean, he's a better actor. Yeah. But so, he's like just, he wins it. Like Shay and I, we did it. And he's like, he clearly won the movie. He so has the better it, part though too. I, I would argue Stallone was really fired up to be a stockbroker with glasses on and had the quick-witted. Like, I think he really thought that was going to be a breakout character for Did him. you talk about if they had flipped roles? No, because it would have been... It wouldn't have made sense. What I what I always wanted for that movie, I may have said this it's before. It's a good idea. We should have talked about that. Like there's the, you know, that show True West that Sam Shepard play. And yeah. when Philip Seymour Hoffman and uh, John C. Riley did it in uh, on Broadway, they flipped parts every night. So one night mm. if you went, Hoffman played the older brother. And one night if you went, Hoffman played the younger brother. And so I saw it twice when it was out and I got a chance to see them in separate parts. They should have filmed the movie with them saying, flipping the parts. We needed more directors. No. <laughs> There's three directors that did this movie. It would have been hard. But isn't that a good idea for a movie, though? Shouldn't some movie it's do a great that? Idea. They flip? Anyway. So uh, the reason they did it that way was uh, the Cash character that Kurt Russell played mm-hmm. is just a direct Martin Riggs ripoff. Totally. Right down to the hair. And Stallone had like clean. I don't. So I don't know how they would have flipped that. But yeah. I'm still with you. That's a good one. We, we talked about that when we did The Departed. If Leo and Damon had flipped roles, right. is the movie better? I want a movie to, no. to be produced, though, that way, where you can go see one or the other. That would be a lot of fun. Where there's two two DVDs of it, basically. Yeah, like the movie Clue, yeah. there's three endings, and when it came out, you didn't know which ending you were going to get. Yeah. Anyway, we need, to, we need to get more creative in the movie That's world. Um, Rocky Five is uh, hard red, yeah? Just it, hard red, blow it up with a bunch of dog <laughs> shit and send it to the sun. That movie okay. sucks. <laughs> uh, Oscar? He plays Angelo Snaps Provolone. <laughs> Angelo Provolone. Angelo Provolone. Stallone just making up 
the funniest thing is in Cliffhanger, he plays Gabe Walker. It's like, all right, I give up. I'm going to have normal names now. It's great that he's like, I'm going to be Mickey Mozzarella. You <laughs> right. <know>? Gabe Provolo. <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, Stop or my mom will shoot. Just horrific. I mean, the combo of uh, Rocky Five Oscar and Stop or My Mom Will Shoot, it felt like his career was over. Stop or My Mom Will Shoot did okay business, though. And it was a hit overseas. Because he could be sold overseas. It was not a a hit in America. It was not. It felt like his career was over. With that said, when Cliffhanger was coming out, amazing trailer. They caught Janine Turner at the absolute perfect time. She was red hot in North Exposure. Um, And I flew to Florida to see with my buddy Gus. Why did you fly to Florida? Because oh, so I was due for together? a trip and okay. it was coming out and I timed it for the weekend it came out so I could see Cliffhanger with my... Because Gus was my Stallone. We were like Stallone guys. We we love Stallone. So, yeah. Okay, a couple things on my... Little re- window of my life. On my rewatch. And I yeah. won't trample on a rewatchables, but some of the... One of the Do you want to be on the rewatchables for a, Cliffhanger? A million percent. I, yeah. I loved it's it. It's fucking great. It's so good. One of the single best opening 10 minutes of an action movie oh, yeah. ever. They, Although they don't pay off the Michael Rooker angry look at Stallone. I, it's a breadcrumb for him getting fucked over later and then they they never do it. So when I watched, rewatched it, I watched it with my wife who'd never seen it before. She was having the time of her life. We were laughing the whole time. Um, yeah. When, when that happened, I literally turned to her and said, don't forget that look. It's going to pay off down the road. And I was wrong. I think I just seen so many movies where Michael Rooker was the bad guy. Yeah. And I realized he never turns. He never turns on Stallone. Turn. And anyway. Um, the big thing is that Lithgow, other than Alan Rickman and Die Hard, he does the best Alan Rickman character of anybody post Die Hard trying to do Alan Rickman. Who, what, what accent is he using? It doesn't matter. He's just going for it. Because he already has that, you know, that sort of like Atlantic coast kind of Catherine Hepburn style. He's like, like Hamlet as a terrorist. Yeah. It's, but in the movie, it's like even more so. Yeah. He's going for it. Um, great movie. I loved it. Uh, I think it's in. Oh, there's no question okay, it's in. Great. There's zero, zero debate. Huge That movie's fantastic. Really good. By the way, that's a movie that really got helped by the TVs once we got widescreen because that was in the theater. Fucking awesome movie. Like, I watched really cool. a 4K Blu-ray of yeah. this movie and it was awesome. Yeah. Um, another movie I really liked was Demolition Man upon revisiting it. I rewatched that this weekend too. I thought it was pretty funny. You know, it's a it's a sci-fi satire starring Wesley Snipes and Sly as and, two, and Bullock's in it and Sandra Bullock in an early role. Benjamin Bratt. It's got a really good cast actually, um, and it's an odd tone. It's a, it feels more like a Schwarzenegger movie than a Stallone movie. It feels more like one of the Verhoeven movies than it does Agreed. like something that Stallone would make. That being said, I think we were talking about how Stallone isn't funny. I think this might be the funniest he's ever been in a movie. It's a good movie. It got lost. There was just a lot of movies that that kind of ran that 93, 94, 95, mm-hmm. and it, they were just being shot out like a t-shirt cannon. And it just kind of got lost. I feel like if it had come out three years earlier, it would have been a way bigger movie for him. I think it if you just flip it with Oscar, it's huge in nineteen ninety one. Oh, interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's just it's a lot more clever than I realized. People like that movie. Yeah. I think that's a legitimately popular slow movie. I had it as a hard yellow. I, I okay. think that it's in the mix. Um, I don't I don't think The Specialist is in the mix. I think that that's no. out. The Specialist was pretty bad. It's weird. The Stallone, Sharon Stone sex scene, they made a big deal of it in the hype of the movie. 
So it started to feel a little like Tyson Holyfield, like, oh my God, these two greats are going to go at it. But was anybody like, what I really want to see is Stallone in a sex scene? Well, that, but that's that was that era though. Like Joe House and I saw Sliver in the theater. We were like, <laughs> Sharon Stone, she's like a, la- a landlord in a crazy sex apartment <laughs> thing. Let's go. What time is yeah, that playing? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I get the appeal for for Stone after Basic Instinct and wanting to see her. And she always took on these sexy parts. It was the way parts. they sold sex. So it was like these two. And, and their sex scene was like comically awful. Isn't it like in a shower? Yeah. And it's like, like just posing. a lot of shots. They're <laughs> naked, but every everything's covered. And it's really weird. It's And she doesn't want to be there. And that's a movie that I just thought, she, I thought one of Assassins or the special should have been awesome. Yeah. Two really good ideas for movies. Like Assassins, that movie should just work. It's like, hey, we got some assassins. Got to catch him. Cool. All right. What time? I'm there. And and Antonio Banderas at the height of his, yeah. like, he's in America now. He's a big star after Desperado and everything. Doesn't work. Specialist doesn't work. Judge Dredd doesn't work. And Assassins doesn't work. All three of those are kind of duds. I mean. Uh, well, think about the names, too. He plays Robert Rath in that one, Stallone. Yeah. Like, that would have been a good John Mozzarella. <laughs> Maybe gone something like that. But, yeah, I, I actually think. What about like Stevie Cacciatore, you know? <laughs> well, Julian Moore's in that too. I actually think if somebody else other than Stallone was in that movie, it would have been a better movie. In Assassins. Yeah. Yeah. I think it should have been somebody on the rise. I it think just... Dan Gilroy wrote it, Tony Gilroy's brother. Like it's not yeah. a bad script. Um, he plays Captain Ray Quick in The Specialist. Ray mm. Quick is a good name. He's not a Ray Quick. He's not a Ray Quick. Yeah, so you're looking at Cliffhanger, Comeback. Demolition Man, uh. But kind of more like now, but Fine, it yeah. didn't do great. Fine reception. Specialists, uh, Judge Shredder, uh, Assassins, uh, and Daylight, we're starting to get a little desperate now. Yep. I also saw Daylight with Gus because he was working for ESPN at that point. Drove up to Hartford. We saw this in the theater. I was totally satisfied. I have it as a hard yellow. So my uncle at the time was working for uh, Seagram's, the liquor company. And yep. it was right when Seagram's had acquired Universal. And they became Universal Vivendi. And it's because he was working there, I was able to see a lot of movies before they came out. And I would get like VHS cassettes of movies before they came out. He would send them to me because I was such a movie freak at that time. They have letterboxed back then or no? No, le- no letterboxed. Okay. I wasn't logging any of them. But I'll never forget watching Daylight like three months before it was released. Mm. And I was like, this is fucking amazing. This movie, this is one of the best movies I've ever seen. Cause, and you know that feeling when you see something before other people too? And you're like, I know. I know what's coming. And then it came out and people were like, yeah, it's like... Speed in a tunnel, you know? It's, like, it's yeah, not the, that good. The problem was the other people, like we discussed earlier. You had him and Brenneman were really good, but everybody else, you just want all of them to die by the end of the movie. You don't want to spend time with them. You you can't give up Brenneman, though. That's really your girl. No, that's my lady. She's <laughs> a, when, when I moved out to LA, she was a school mom. And, you know, I was always like, oh, it'd be so funny if one of my kids went to her school and I could just try to make small talk with her and then drop the. Why are you so interested in what I do, lady? <laughs> you <laughs> could show her your book about metals. <laughs> yeah, never happened. Um, so Daylight I, I, is a yellow, but I find it hard to believe it's going in. It did okay it's business. It's going in, but, but I, I, out of respect, I put in the yellow. It's kind of the beginning of the end. Copland yeah. is an attempt to salvage the direction his career is going by making a more prestigious film with a hot young indie filmmaker and James Mangold with this legendary cast of actors, Keitel, Robert De Niro. Yeah. I think it's really good. Yeah, I mean, we did it in the rewatchables, and I wasn't ashamed. Is it- I just don't know if he's. It's an awesome Stallone movie, but 
if you're putting together the Hall of Fame and you want to show that he can be in a dramatic movie with good actors like that, I think it probably has to go in. I had it as like a absolutely scorching hot yellow. Okay. And I wasn't positive if it was in the next group. It's more like like chartreuse. You know? Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, it was like a pulsating yellow. Yeah. Like okay. almost like you're blinded by how yellow it is. <laughs> but I'm ha- I if you want to put it in, I'm happy to do so. Because um, I do think like it was, we said this when we did the pod, Seeing him do a scene with De Niro was fucking cool. It was, it was like cool. two of the biggest actors of the last 50 years. I think he holds his own. The, yeah. the, the character is so low-key that he doesn't have to do the big speechifying stuff or the explosive stuff that a lot of the other guys get to do in that movie. So it's hard to grade that performance. But I think he does what is asked of him. He's playing a palooka, right? He's yeah. playing just another schmo. He's got a disability because of this accident that he had as a kid. He's in love with Annabelle Shore, like all of us. Who else? I mean, who, very relatable. Yeah. Um, I like it. I, it's it's veering on green for me. It's also in a hot, like a hot time for me as a moviegoer. This movie was like a big event for me when it came out. Yeah, um, I had it. Um, I had it as the favorite for my ninth spot. Okay. Um, let's go through a dark time. Yeah. So he takes three full years off from movies from '97 to 2000. So. My theory on that is what I said in Copland. I think gaining the weight fucked up his face. And when he comes back out of that three-year thing, his face looks different. It just does. His career looks different, too, because he doesn't really make any good movies. No. You mentioned Get Carter at the top. You mentioned Driven at the top. Detox is a very little-seen movie. Avenging Angelo and Shade. All five of those movies come out in a three-year window. Well, you forgot about I See You. Is I see? Oh, I don't even have I see you on here. I don't, but you're right. I see you is another movie. I don't even think that was released. You can actually watch I see you on Tubi. I saw it last night. Sly Stallone, Charles S. Dutton, Polly Walker, Chris Christopherson. I, I'm amazed. 2022 Bruce Willis was in Time Machine to be in so it sad. as like the seventh person. He's made a lot of bad movies, all of which I think are definitively not in the Hall of Fame during this period. It's. I got to say, it was kind of inexplicable as it was happening. Because from basically Dayla, or Copland's 97, and then the Rocky Balboa movie is 06. So you have nine years that are just like a complete throwaway. Now, I don't know. Did he make too much money? Maybe he met his wife. Maybe he wanted to take a step back. I had a, am I, is he raising his kids thought during this period? You know, we're well, like. We know he's an egomaniac. I don't, I don't think Stallone's like, oh, I'm going to take some time and read to my kids. He was working, but just not really work. Like he takes a three-year gap between in the 90, at the end of the 90s, and he takes a three-year gap between 03 and 06. So in 03, he does make Spy Kids 3D, and he plays the villain in that movie, which gets him back in the mainstream a little bit, because yeah. those movies were very successful. And then. Nothing until the Rocky Balboa movie, which I think is fine, but not great. And you, you, I think you like even less than I do. I didn't even have it as a yellow. Um, and same with Rambo. I just, I, it's okay. It's, it's like, it's, it's unnecessary. It's not good. Um, the big thing with the Rocky movie, Rocky Balboa movie, was he had the grown-up version of the bit person in Rocky One, the girl that uh, was hanging out with all the guys at the beginning, and he walks her home, and then she tells him to fuck off. Now she's a grown up, and that's who he falls in love with. And it's like that's pretty creepy. Why didn't anyone stop this? Yeah, yeah. It was just she wasn't a good actress, and I I just felt like that killed the movie. Um, The Expendables is a tough one because it raises a question about the, what the purpose of the Hall of Fame is. Because this is really the movie that got him back to a powerful position in Hollywood. Because he's and yet a, I don't know anybody that loves it. There have been three of them. I know there probably will be a fourth. 
I get it. It's hard because there are movies that come later that I like more. Yeah. They're not as successful. So, I had it as a yellow. and Okay, let's hold in Expendables for a yellow. This is also a time when he's starting to do a lot more voice work too. So like he d- does a voice in Zookeeper. He did a voice in Ants in the 90s um, to kind of stay in the, in the frame there a little bit. Those movies aren't going to make it. Expendables 2 isn't going to make it. So Bullet to the Head, do you remember when we saw this together? Yeah, unfortunately. Um, he played James Bonomo. <laughs> Jimmy Bobo was his nickname in this film. Um, I kind of liked it. It's it, fine. It's Walter Hill. It's all right. Doesn't doesn't this also have another weird twist with his daughter? Is, isn't his daughter like Sarah Shahi? Remember Sarah Shahi? Oh, one of my faves. Yeah, I think she was his daughter in this movie. I thought this was not bad. I, I got to be honest. I don't really remember it. I is don't it, remember a lot from 2012. Is it? I had five jobs. But um, yeah, Christian Slater's in it. Momoa's in it. My Mom, guy. Mom, I think Momoa I was the villain. Them. Oh my God, out of BC's in this. Yeah. This is like a, it's a pretty gritty Walter Hill action movie. And when we saw it, I remember it. I remember it was like the Grantland crew. It was like Lasanti, Rafe, Chris. We all went. We were like, new Stallone. This looks pretty funny. And it's a Walter Hill movie. It could yeah. be good. And we all walked out being like, eh. Yeah. Wasn't very good. Watched it like five years ago. Pretty solid. Definitely not a Hall of Famer, but I do need to revisit it. Um, in Escape Plan, uh, which comes out a year later, which is, I guess was kind of a hit. He has two parts. He plays Ray Breslin and Anthony Portos. He didn't play Vinnie Mozzarella? <laughs> he didn't play um, <laughs> uh, Johnny Parmesan? Mm. Um, Did he play a Parmesan? Yeah, Parmesan or a Penne? No. Nope, he nope. played Penny Parmesan? Yeah, he played uh, Nicky Penne El Vodka. Um, grudge match? <laughs> no. Sorry. Expendables 3? Nope. I've never seen Reach Me. He Did, plays Gerald Cavallo. Don't even know what that is. So many names ending in owls. Behringer's in that one. Um, you know Behringer, Dead Ringer for my dad. We've talked about this. Really? Yeah. To this day, he looks just like Behringer. Uh, okay, Creed. Creed's, I mean, absolutely 100% in. Is it bizarre, though, to do a Hall of Fame and have five Rocky movies in the Hall but of Fame? But Creed, it's different because that's, it, it just has to be in. And okay. I, do, I don't think it's bizarre. It's like the point of the Hall of Fame is what are your 10 best movies? And those are five of his 10 best movies. I would bump Rocky 2 for Creed if we had to do it. If you weren't comfortable with having half of them be Rocky, Bobo I'm com- I'm completely comfortable with it. I think, I, I think, think Creed has to be in it. Everything that comes after this, Guardians of the Galaxy two is a small part. Escape Plan two is a VOD movie. Creed two is lesser than Creed for sure. Backtrace, Escape Plan three, nah. Rambo, Last Blood, Creed two, Creed two, The Suicide Squad, and Samaritan. None of those movies are in. No. So we have Rocky. We have the first four Rockies. First Blood and Rambo 2, Cliffhanger, Copland, and Creed. That's nine. I've got eight here. Oh, that's if we include Copland. Okay, so Copland, yeah. yes. I'm including Copland, which leaves the 10th spot for Victory Over the Top, Tango and Cash, Demolition Man. Cobra. Cobra. Fist. Fist can't make it. I think to, to have it be a true Hall of Fame, you have to put at least one of Cobra over the top or Tango and Cash in because it ha- you have to have something that captures that late 80s Stallone just flying too close to the sun and kind of losing perspective on what makes a good movie or not. So you th- you think Cobra over over the top? No. I, I would... 
feel like I'm going to have a stroke. This is really tough, guys. This is what we do every time we do. I'd probably do over the top. I'm really torn here. I see your case on victory. For me, it would be victory, but I don't think that's the right decision. If we're up to me, I, I would... Uh, I'm really torn because I feel like it is definitely between Cobra and Over the Top in terms of representing what Sly is. Yeah. Is he... If Do, do we have what we need on this list because we have five Rocky movies that we don't need Over the Top? We don't need like a triumphant underdog sports story, but we don't have enough of... This guy thought he was the right. coolest motherfucker in the world. Yeah, you're right. Cobra's got it. I mean, we've done Cobra and Rewatchables and not over the top. You're right. Cobra's got to be on there. It's so f- absolutely insane. Okay, so let me just read this to you. You tell me how you feel about it as an, as an expert in the field. 1976, Rocky. 1979, Rocky II. 1982, Rocky III. 1982, First Blood. 1985, Rambo, First Blood Part II. Yeah. 1985, Rocky IV. 1986, Cobra. 1993, Cliffhanger. 1997 Copland and 2015 Creed. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, that sounds right. I still don't love having Rocky 2. I almost feel like we could do 10 movies plus the last 25 minutes of Rocky 2. You don't make <laughs> exceptions for Hall of Fames, right? Well, the, the 10 is the 10. Yeah, that's what. We, when you say who won the movie, we don't say, well, who, who also won the movie? Yeah, we I get say, it. You know, I get it. I just wish the perfect Hall of Fame would be you, the you would put in over the top instead of Rocky two, but then you would also have the last 25 minutes of Rocky two. It's like a bonus, a bonus section, but I know we can't do that. I'm not going to make new rules for you. You want to swap Rocky two with rhinestone? No. <laughs> uh, I mean, look, I don't, this is, this is on your shoulders. Rocky two, the last 25 minutes is, is one of the highlights of his career. It has to be on. Okay. I feel good about this. Yeah. I think that's solid. And look, he was Rocky Balboa, was the most important sports movie character ever, and and the character's been on for 45 years. Like, at some point, that should be half the Hall of Fame. 13 of the 50-plus movies he made, he played either John Rambo or Rocky Balboa. So if seven of the movies on our list feature John Rambo or Rocky Balboa, so be it. It's appropriate, right? I agree. Bill, any closing Stallone thoughts? You still a fan? You still feel committed to him? Yeah. I, he's, he's in my own personal Hall of Fame. I wish he had had some guidance there from maybe 83 on. Because I think there's a couple things. Like the Beverly Hills Cop thing would have been incredible for him. I definitely would have done a Tango Cash as, sequel. Is that movie as good if it's not Eddie, though? Because isn't that movie good because just because of Eddie? It worked out great for everybody. Like, I, I think for America and for Eddie and the way... But for Sly, I think that was a big miss. Yeah. I think putting him in Beverly Hills and the movie was supposed to be a little darker, I think that would have been a cool movie. Instead, like, his basically his L.A. crime movie was uh, was Cobra, which is an objectively insane movie. <laughs> it's just completely off the rails. There was never going to be a Cobra 2 at any point. Is Tango and Cash better than Rocky 2? No. All right. And we did the right thing. I feel good about this. Do you think all of these movies will have been done on the rewatchables by the time the show is over? Will First Blood Part 2 make it to the rewatchables? I don't think so. I don't think so. And we've done Victory. We've done Tango and Cash. And we've done Copland. And we and I guess Cobra made it. So we've done You haven't three. done Rocky. No, I was... I don't... I don't know why. Because I don't want to shit on the first Rocky. But it's... It's... Uh, have you only done three and four? 
Yeah. And Creed. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So you, you're just never going to do Rocky? I mean, we got, we're trying to get to 500 movies. We'll do Rocky okay. at some point. Do you think you're more identified with Rocky or Hoosiers or Shawshank as a, as a movie fan in the world? Probably Shawshank. There's a big two? part of my Red Sox book. The thing with Rocky, Rocky has a couple of just absolutely banger scenes. That That's why, you know, even though it's slow and it's got its faults, like... You don't have even, to convince me, man. I love it. <laughs> even when he goes to the... Uh, when he goes to the arena the day before the fight mm -hmm. and they get the trunks wrong and the promoter's like, yeah, it doesn't matter anyway. And he realizes he's not going to win and he comes back and he wakes up and he's I can't beat him. She's like, you work so hard. Is <laughs> it, but if I could just go the distance, if I could just, nobody's ever gone the distance, if I could just do it. It's like such an unbelievable setup where it's like you have the underdog realize I'm not going to win but I still have a goal. And then you think like, you know, the longest yard starts sports movies, right? But Rocky, it's such a phenomenon that it just gets ripped off in every sport for the next 10 years. Every, every single sport has a Rocky movie because that was, that's how genius it was. Sounds like you're in training for the Rocky rewatchables yeah, it, after that it, little speech. It's just sitting there. It's, <laughs> it's, it's down the road. Okay. All right. Bill Simmons. Thanks for being on the show. Great to have you uh, in my life without us doing rewatchables. Yeah. Where I was on like a different pod. Yeah, yeah. it was great. Um, Bill, secretly one of the best guests on the Ringer Podcast Network. Little, oh, little known fact. Thanks so much to Bobby Wagner, to our producer on this week's episode. Stay tuned. Later this week, we, uh, we messed with the draft. We have a new kind of movie draft. It's an upside down movie draft. I'm not going to explain what that is, but you'll have to tune in to check it out. See you then. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just... Once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.